Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia and welcome to Chicken Chat. This is a live podcast that I record on Facebook in partnership with my co-host, my favorite chicken. And a very special welcome to the members of my favorite Facebook group that are joining us today. Their group is called Everything Backyard Chickens. If you have not checked that group out, definitely do that because it is a fun group. There were some really funny posts this last week, (laughs) some really funny posts going on in there. Um, Today, we're going to be chatting about how to keep your chickens cool in this darn heat. And it's so funny that I'm doing this today because it actually has really cooled off where I'm at that very well may not be the case where you are watching from. Um, Some of the things I'm going to be mentioning are probably pretty obvious to a lot of you that have had chickens for a while. Um, But I think it's important to mention them because some people are new to chicken keeping this year. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of questions. You know, I was talking to the folks at My Favorite Chicken and Uh, They're the ones that run the Everything Backyard Chickens group. And you can see some questions coming in. And, you know, if it's if it's your first summer with chickens, you might be struggling and you might need this information. So I definitely wanted to put it out there. We're going to have some time for questions toward the end of this recording. So if you have a, a burning chicken question, definitely write it down. And then after I do my general discussion, You can post your question in the chat and hopefully I'll be able to get to it. You know, sometimes I don't get to all the questions because sometimes there's a lot of questions in the chat, but hopefully I will. Let's get into the content. Let's talk about how to help your chickens beat the heat. All right. So, uh, and like I said, some of these, some of the first things I'm going to mention here, there, they might be kind of, you might be like, oh, come on, that's a no brainer, but... (laughs) But they're important, so I am going to mention them. Um, If possible, it might be too late for this, but if possible, really the first thing you want to think about when it comes to climate, and certainly if right now, if you're watching this right now and you haven't gotten chickens yet and you're like planning for next year, if you live in a climate that that has extreme temperatures, like if you live in the desert, um, then you will really want to consider getting heat hardy breeds. Okay. So generally the lighter breeds are more heat hardy Mediterranean breeds. They're going to be better off when it get, you know, when it gets super hot, Uh, you, you still will have to take some measures to mitigate any issues that might come up, but 
you know, there's a lot of lighter breeds that are great egg laters, great, great chickens. Um, leghorns come to mind. I love leghorns. Some people hate on leghorns. I love leghorns. <laughs> um, there are a few heavier breeds that do well in the heat, but you know, whatever you choose, you know, right now, if you're in those planning stages, just do your research, um, you know, wherever you go to purchase chickens. Like if you're going to the farm store and you see some chickens, um, do your research, make sure that they're going to do well in the climate that you are in. Um, the second thing to do again, and since we're well into the summer, I'm sure most of you have done this, but obviously you need to make sure that your chickens have enough shade. Um, if you are realizing right now that they don't have enough natural shade in your chicken yard, you can create shade very easily just using tarps. Um, you know, you can use umbrellas, you can use spare pieces of wood. You can even use cardboard. Okay. I've totally done that in a pinch. I have like a shade cloth in my chicken yard, but I had this year I had baby chicks and our a mama, a mama chicken raising baby chicks. And it got hot, really hot all of a sudden, which is not, it got hot earlier, which is not common where I live. I'm in the Pacific Northwest. Um, so I just like got my kids like science project board <laughs> because it was all I had and I put it up in their little, in the little area where the chicks were so that they could have some shade. So just use what you have. You can get creative and then if you want to plan for the future, you can put, you know, maybe a, a bush or some other kind of um, small trees or whatever in your chicken yard so that they can have some shade. And generally, at least where I'm at, like the evergreen, evergreen bushes are great because the chickens don't eat them that much, but um, they will eat them a little bit. <laughs> uh, if your water source is in the direct sun, you definitely want to remedy that. Move it, move it into the shade. Um, make sure your chickens have cool, clean water at all times. If you're going through a heat wave, try to get out there a few times during the day to change the water if you can. You know, I know that's not possible for everybody, but if you can, try and do that. Um, and make sure I I try to tell people this because I've forgotten before, but like right when I turn the hose on sometimes it can, the water coming out of it can be very hot. Uh, so run your hose a little bit and then, and then change your chicken's water. Just, just mentioning that because I have made that mistake of like putting hot water, like hot water into the chicken's water. And then luckily I realized, oh my gosh, what my chickens don't need hot tea right now. Um, of course, uh, ventilation is very important. Actually, ventilation is important through the whole year. But if you are finding that you need to add some more ventilation, go ahead and do it in the summer. You know, if you can put ventilation closer to the floor of your coop, that would be the best kind. And it depends on the size of your coop. Like I have a walk-in coop, so it's pretty big. And I have two doors. I have um, a chicken door on each side. And so I just open those and I get that cross ventilation. So if you can create cross ventilation, that's great. Um, if you can only put it up higher, go ahead and do that. But um, just make sure that 
you have enough ventilation in your coop. And if, you know, if you can open a door, open windows, of course, keeping predator proofing in mind, um, then that will be very good for your chickens. If you've done all this stuff and you're, you know, you're having a really intense heat wave and you're observing your chickens displaying some signs that they're working too hard to stay cool. And that would be like, they're, they're, you know, constantly having their mouths open, constantly panting, constantly holding their wings out. And these are, are normal things that chickens do when they're controlling their body temperature. That's how they stay cool. It's like a dog panting, you know, you, you're going to see that because that's, that is their natural reaction to the temperature to try and cool their bodies down. But if they're doing it all the time and you can kind of tell when a chicken is in a bit of distress um, and they're just not getting a break from that, then there's some additional things that you can do. So, you know, these are just really the common recommendations. You can put some ice in their, in their waterer. You can put some frozen berries in their waterer. Um, you can put frozen water bottles in their water. So I would just take like a plastic water bottle. I've actually got one right here. Fill it with water or get a few of them, fill them with water and put them in the freezer. And then you can just submerse them in the water in whatever water you have. And I, you know, sometimes it's easier depending on what kind of water you have. Like I have open waterers, so I can just put them on the top. Um, if you have gravity waters, you might have to do something else or, you know, just use ice or whatever in their water. Adding electrolytes to their water during a heat wave. You don't, you don't want to be giving them extra uh, electrolytes all summer long. Okay. Um, it's something that you want to offer in, you know, just in, during the hottest times, that's a really good way to keep your chickens more hydrated. Okay. And you can find electrolytes for chickens at your local farm store. There is a recipe in my book for homemade electrolytes. And I also have a video on my YouTube channel that where I show you how to make homemade electrolytes. And it's really easy. And honestly, there's like, you know, as long as it's a reputable source, there's blogs and stuff online that will show you how to make uh, chicken electrolytes. Um, I will put shallow dishes of water for my chickens for them to get into, not deep water, um, because chickens cannot swim very well. Okay. I know that there's, you know, you'll see every once in a while a chicken swimming, um, but a lot of chickens will panic when they get into water and it doesn't even have to be that deep and they will drown quite easily. So we don't want that. You know, you just need, you know, maybe an inch of water. And if your chickens are smart, <laughs> sometimes they won't do it. But sometimes they will just, they will stand in, in that water and it cools them down. Okay. Another thing you can do is just get like a jug, like a jug of water and freeze it and put that in your coop and run and you can get more than one and put them in various areas, um, you know, just to cool things down. And you'll see your chickens, if it's really hot, your chickens will seek it out and they will stand next to a, co a cooler area to cool down. Um, the other thing that you can do to get more hydration in them is you can ferment their feed. And um, I do have a video about that on my YouTube channel. I can't, I can't even remember what it's called. It's like, 
cut your feed bill in half with this simple process or something like that. Uh, because it does ferment the, when you ferment feed, it, it also will make your feed last longer because it increases the volume of the feed, but it also increases, uh, it makes the feed more nutrient dense. So they will get more for each bite that they take through that fermenting process. So, but it's so good in the summer because it adds liquid to their diet. So if you don't ferment feed any other time, a great time to do it would be in the summer to get that extra bit of hydration into them. I love to give my chickens scraps. And in the summer, what I will do is give them hydrating scraps, like hydrating fruits and vegetables, watermelon, cucumber, um, I will give them greens that are right out of the fridge. So, and even like iceberg lettuce, um, it has a lot of like water content in it. And if it's nice and cool, then that's so good for them to have um, when it's super hot outside. And then just watering down their area throughout the day, if you can get out there and just kind of water it down. Misters are another thing that you can use in a, in a well-ventilated area. You don't want to put them in like, an area that's not ventilated and they're kind of stuck in there because that can actually can get more humid in there for them. So in a well-ventilated area, I really like uh, using the mister of my hose. And if it's really, really super hot or if it's, you know, some of us are dealing with um, wildfire smoke. If there's, if the air quality is really bad, um, I will, I will add the misters and that helps with that. And then just making sure that they have dust bathing areas in a shady area. Because if you if you watch them, they will dust bathe and they will go, they will kind of create holes in your in your chicken yard. They will they will move the dirt out of the way until they get to a cooler part of the earth when they're dust bathing. So that is one really good way that they can cool off. Okay. Um, and then one more thing I want to mention before we get into the Q&A, which we got there really fast today, <laughs> which is good. Um, I like to create a little air conditioner for my chickens, <laughs> and it is super easy to do. I will get an old cooler. I will put a couple of bags of ice in it. Um, and then I will push the cooler up against like fencing or whatever. Like I have a crate kind of with, I have a, a little run within my bigger run. And so what I'll do is that little run is shaded and I will push that cooler up against the, um, you know, the wiring of that little run. So they'll go and they'll stand next to that. And it's like a little air conditioner for them. And I have seen people do all kinds of like really creative things, like add a fan to it and everything. Me, I just do it in a very simple way. So that's my little redneck air conditioner for my chickens. Um, and I do that if it's really hot outside, I will do that. And they go and stand and they'll stand next to it and, uh, and they love it. So I hope that these tips will help. You know, I know that we're, gosh, it's like, where did the summer go? You know, um, I know that we're kind of, we're about to start school again, so it's almost the end of the summer, but I wanted to just kind of put this out there, get this out there. Cause I know that there are some people that are struggling and it seems like the temperatures, I mean, like my family's in Texas. Um, I'm not in Texas, but my sister is in Texas and my mom is in, my two sisters are in Texas and my mom is in Texas 
And it's so hot there right now. And they're just like, what is going on? And my sister has chickens. So if you're in one of those areas, I hope it cools down. I hope you get some rain and, you know, falls around the corner. So, all right, I am going to open up the chat for questions. So uh, Diane Catania asks, does fruit cause runny poop? (laughs) And it's funny because I'm looking at your question here, Diane, and I guess because you said the word poop, it's like, I can't see it all the way. And I don't know if anyone else can see it. Because <laughs> I think they're like, ooh, she said poop. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna censor her question. <laughs> but um anyway, I can see it, so I'm gonna answer it. Um it can if you give them like a lot of fruit, like if you give them a lot of watermelon, that can that can cause runny poop. So we do want to be balanced when we when we do this, okay? If you're giving them something to kind of cool them down, just be balanced about it. Try not to really overdo it. They still need their layer feed. You know, they, they still need to have a balanced diet. Um, the other thing that can cause runny poop is just the hot weather. They can get uh, what looks like diarrhea in the hot weather. So, and that is, you know, within the normal um, w- within what can be considered normal. So I wouldn't worry about it too much, but you just want to make sure to keep them hydrated. Okay. So uh, yeah, just be balanced about it so that they're not, um, you know, ending up having two, you know, runny poops all day and, and they end up getting dehydrated. You don't want that. So Tim asks, are frozen vegetables and fruits okay? Yeah. Um, you know, you can put that you can put them actually in the water. So if you have like frozen blueberries, frozen raspberries, you can put it in their water so that they, when they eat them, they're also getting some hydration into them and it cools down the water too. So yes, I would say that that is okay and could be quite helpful to them. Uh, Tara asks, you ha- you may have said, but I have young kids is it okay to put a fan in the coop just to help with a breeze? Um, yes, it is okay. I know many people do that. They will, you know, put a fan in their coop and that, that will certainly helps to keep the air moving in there. The main thing about a fan is that, you know, a lot of coops can get pretty dusty. So you want to just kind of stay on top of that. Um, But I think if you have a good place where you can set up a fan for your chickens, and that would actually be great for them because it would help them to cool down a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I I would say, yes, it is okay to put a fan in the coop. Just make sure it's in a safe spot. It's not in a spot where chickens are going to be flying into it and get hurt. And that, uh, you know, you're staying ahead of the dust. And, you know, the shavings and stuff flying all around everywhere. But I know plenty of people that have done that. And it works out well for them. James Richard Smith has said, thanks so much for what you do. I have just got my first flock and I'm putting everything you have taught into practice. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Um, I could not have done it without your wisdom. James, comments like that are the reason why I do what I do. I really appreciate it. You know, thank you for letting me know that. Uh, Liz, you said you're in Beaver One, Beaver Oregon, Beaver One, Oregon. Is that right? Uh, it's about to get wet soon. Yep. Well, I'm, I can feel the rain just creeping up on us, and I feel very conflicted about it because it was kind of hot this summer, and we've had 
wildfires, not where we are, but around us. And um, I don't like that. You know, I want there to be rain, but it's going to be hard for me to say goodbye to the summer. Kendall says, are frozen cooked uh, grits okay in addition to their layer feed? Uh, Kendall, I would say that is okay. Um, you know, in Chickenlandia, we have something called uh, the Chickenlandia Chicken Food Pyramid. And I promise it's better than the food pyramid that we got in the 80s <laughs> for people. <laughs> that was not good. <laughs> this one is uh, this one is good. It is for chickens. So basically, if you can imagine just like a, a pyramid, okay, and then there's three tiers. On the bottom, what I have is their layer feed or whatever feed um, is appropriate for their stage in life. Okay. So, you know, I, I will I just want to mention that I know that there are flocks that all they eat is like scraps and all, and they eat, um, you know, they have access to the compost pile and whatever. And that's a totally legitimate and valid way to feed chickens. I want to acknowledge that, um, you know, our modern chickens, they have very, very high nutritional needs. So a lot of the people that watch me, they're like, well, I, I, I'm, I want to give my chickens layer feed to make sure that they get everything that they have. So it is true that since they have these super high nutritional needs in order to lay healthy eggs, that, you know, you, they would probably end up being healthier if they have a baseline of their, of a good quality layer feed. Okay. Um, but I just want to mention that it is valid if you're only feeding your chicken scraps, like that, that there's plenty of people that have flocks like that. And it's a very sustainable way to feed chickens. But in this pyramid, you've got layer feed at the bottom. The second tier is like, you know, uh, scraps, but like, um, you know, mostly fruits and vegetables. So like healthy scraps, uh, greens, you know, focus on greens, uh, low sugar fruits, things like that. Okay. If you're feeding sprouts, it would go into that category. All right. Cause some people grow sprouts for their chickens. So it would go into that category. And then on the very top, the top tier, which is the smallest would be like their treats. Okay. So, it, you know, some people buy treats for their chickens, grubs, mealworms. Um, you know, if you give your chickens like scrambled eggs or oatmeal or whatever, or something like cooked frozen grits, that would be at the top. All right. So it's a treat for your chickens. So what the reason why I have this chicken landia chicken food pyramid is because I see a lot of people like, oh, I don't know, like how much of this can I feed to my chickens? And what, you know, what should I do? And then there's, there's other schools of thought where people are like, chickens should only eat their layer feed and they shouldn't have anything other than that, which I don't agree with. Um, so I just created it so that people could kind of get back to how we once fed chickens, where it was just kind of like an intuitive thing and you don't have to think too much about it. So all that being said, just to say, yes, you can feed things like, like grits. Okay. But that would be a treat for them. So I would keep that in balance with the rest of their diet. Okay. I hope that all of that made sense. My very long-winded answer made sense. <laughs> Crystal asks, are there any fruits and veggies that are better for them nutritionally compared to others or are alternatively any you should avoid? So um, again, this is like a matter of balance, um, like super high sugar fruits, 
sugary fruits, um, you know, you wouldn't want to give them like huge amounts of that. Um, and then I, whenever I'm giving fruits and vegetables or, you know, any kind of scrap, I'm just going to kind of focus on, you know, what is nutritionally, you know, um, what is going to be the most nutritionally dense things that I can give them. So when it comes to vegetables, it's like leafy greens. That's what they, that's what they seek out in nature. So that's what I would look for. It would be like, you know, most of what I give them would be uh, leafy greens like kale, chard. Um, I'll give them like celery. I'll give them the tops of my carrots. And then as far as things to avoid, they are far and few between. There are some, um, you know, some ideas online that are perplexing to me, Um you know, one of those is avocado, the, the skin and the seed of the avocado, you, you know, you wouldn't want to eat, like I wouldn't eat that. Um, and animals don't eat that, you know, they generally will not eat that. Um, but the flesh is okay. And, you know, so that, you know, something like avocado gets demonized a lot and people say, Oh, don't, you know, don't feed that to your chickens. Um, I've certainly, my chickens have eaten avocado. My family's from Guatemala. Okay. So uh, my mom and dad are from Guatemala, you know, and I've been there. There's a lot of chickens running around and there's a ton of avocado trees and guess what chickens are eating, you know, but they don't eat the pit and they don't eat the skin because they just don't like, it's not, it's not palatable to them. So, um, you know, I can't think of anything else. I know that some people say apples, um, because they have like arsenic and the seeds, they would really have to eat a lot of apples to be affected by that. You know, the, again, orchards, chickens in the orchards, like this is what has been happening on farms and in nature for a very long time. Um, so I wouldn't worry about that. Um, and then citrus, um, you know, if they have a lot of citrus, there is a thought that it can affect their egg production. Okay. So, um, but off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything else. I give my chickens just about every fruit and vegetable that I have, you know, that I have left over for them. Um, and it seems like they are doing just fine. <laughs> Okay, so Tara asks, I have seen plenty of heated discussion on this matter. Corn in summer or no? Um, this is another thing where I would say in moderation, I think it's fine. I have seen um, people put, a, a, you know, corn in ice cubes and feed them to their chickens. And, you know, there's this idea that it really, really heats up their bodies and it's not, it's not quite, um, direct like that. Um, so I wouldn't worry about it too much, but just in general, if you're going to give your chickens like really high, uh, calorie, um, you know, foods that are going to be like really working their metabolism, you want to keep that in check in the summer, you know, or anytime, like you just want to keep that balanced in the winter, before they go to bed, I know a lot of people will like to give a nice treat. I like to do, you know, like some fat and some carbs and some protein before they go to bed. 
and that seems to kind of help them get through the night. Okay. But, um, I wouldn't worry about it too much. I would, you know, there's plenty of chicken, like most chicken feed contains corn. Okay. So it's not like you're going to give them corn and they just like heat up 20 degrees and, and then they overheat. It, it just, it just doesn't work like that. Um, I would be more concerned of just making sure that you're keeping them hydrated and keeping everything balanced. And, you know, there's a lot of heated discussions when it comes to chickens, <laughs> but it just, you know, if, if you're worried about it, don't do it. That's what I tell people, you know, if you're worried about it, don't do it. My chickens do eat corn in the, in the summer, you know, because it's in, it's in their feed. I feed them a, a scratch and peck feed with corn. So they do have that in the summer. Um, and, you know, if, if it's a concern for you, then I would say play it safe. Um, but don't, uh, fight with anyone on Facebook about it. <laughs> so Liz asks, is it okay to feed leftover pasta to chickens? Uh, yeah, just, um, moderation, you know, that, that's a, that's a treat. That's a big treat. Um, and a lot of times pasta has other stuff on it, like butter or whatever. So you're just going to want to, um, make sure that it, that it's balanced. And when I feed my chickens pasta, I will put nutritional yeast on it because, um, that's really good for them. And it's definitely good for my ducks. So I, and I know they're going to eat it. Like I know they're going to eat the pasta. They're like, Oh, worms. These worms are really tasty. I'm going to eat that. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I'll get, you know, since I know they're going to go for it, I know they're going to eat it. It's a big treat for them. I will take advantage of that by putting something healthy on it. So there's that. And you can put, you know, you could put, you could mix in some raw garlic or whatever, and that would be good for them. Uh, Diane asks, can apple cider vinegar, can you, uh, can you give apple cider vinegar to chickens in the summer? Um once it gets pretty hot, I wouldn't give them apple cider vinegar. Um, especially if it's like a, if there's like a heat wave going on, I would stop with the apple cider vinegar and do some electrolytes during that time. Um, the reason is, is that it can affect their, um, their egg laying and it, it affects, uh, I think I'm getting this right, that it affects their calcium levels. And so, and so that's why you don't want to do apple cider vinegar during the certain during the really hot days of the summer. Okay, that doesn't mean all summer you can't give it to them. But if you're having some pretty hot days, I would stop the apple cider vinegar and instead do something like electrolytes. Uh, Malia Malia says eighteen weeks today, first egg two days ago. <laughs> Congratulations! Time to transition to layer feed. Uh, is it okay to mix it in with the last of the grower feed and start oyster shell? Um, yes and yes. Uh, use up that grower feed. Um, and so what I say is that um, for layer feed, you make that switch either when they start laying, so at the point of lay, or if that hasn't happened yet, if they haven't started laying yet, by 20 weeks, go ahead and switch them over at 20 weeks. So whichever comes first, okay? So yes, switch them to layer feed. Time to start them on a calcium supplement that can be oyster shell. I know um, Scratch and Fact has a limestone supplement. And, you know, some people will actually take the eggshells and like crush them up and feed them back to their chickens as a calcium supplement. If you do that, I would also focus on 
getting some calcium rich scraps into their diet too, because it's kind of a closed circuit. Like you're giving them their own calcium back, they're eating it and then they're laying the shells again. So if you can replenish those, uh, those stores, um, that would be good. So yes, switch them to layer feed. Um, Yes, you can use the last of your grower feed and start them on a calcium supplement. And congratulations. It's, it's such a, it's a delightful surprise because you're enjoying your chicken so much. And then they, they start laying and it's almost like you forgot why you had them. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this, this is why I got chickens. <laughs> Liz says, my chicken ate avocado and survived. That's good. So have mine. <laughs> I give my chickens avocado sushi every once in a while. Because they're spoiled and because my kids really like avocado sushi, so they get it sometimes. They get the leftovers sometimes. Oh, so Kaylee says, um, I don't know if you said this, but for others who are watching, I use a baby pool like the plastic ones and put bricks inside of it and they stand on the bricks. Very smart. Very smart. Alyssa says, can I add one-week-old chicks to a brooder with four-week-old chicks? What's the age where adding new chicks into a brooder becomes too big of a gap? Um, I would say you're cutting it pretty close. Like, there's a good chance that the four-week-olds are going to, you know, maybe be too intolerant of the one-week-olds. There's just a big, there is a, really a big... um there's a big size difference and the four week olds are going to be more assertive and they're already starting at that age to kind of work out their pecking order. Like those instincts are kind of coming alive at that time. So it is possible that it will be okay, but I would, I would be extremely compared, uh, extremely uh, prepared with a plan B for that because that is a pretty big age gap. And it's really like, you know, um, it's like I said, like they're, they're just, they're a little bit too assertive at that point that you might get some some bullying, some intolerance, some feather picking uh, going on. And also just the size difference can be very intimidating for the little ones and they might get hurt even, even if they're, the big ones aren't trying to hurt them, they could get hurt. So I would have um, a, another area set up for them just in case, like just have a contingency plan in place because it is um, very possible that there could be an issue with that. So, but I hope not. And I hope everything works out well for you. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to my moderator and co-producer, Kelsey Paulus, also known as the Chickenlandia presidential advisor. Thank you to Talking to Crows for editing this episode and to Double M Ranch for their wonderful podcast art. If you enjoyed this podcast, remember, please rate and review it. Go to the Apple Play, you know, the, the what is it? The Apple Podcast or whatever. Review it because that helps me so much. That really, really helps. Um, but the main thing that helps me and the one thing that I want you to remember the most above everything else is that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. 
Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.